As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The numbers told the story they always do. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. Welcome back in. It is a numbers game here on VSIN. I'm Jeff Parles in for young Gilly this week. Kelly Bidlin, you know, I give Kelly Bidlin a lot of credit. He has worked his tail off all year producing two shows. And Kelly Bidlin helping me this week stay in line which is always a hard thing for me to do, right, Kelly? <laughs> I only had to yell at you once. Only once. Just yesterday. Only once. Oh, I don't even remember what. Oh, yeah, I do remember <laughs> what it was. Uh, that's, I, I deserved it. <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, by the way, before we get to our guy, Will Hull, I just want to bring this up, just because this will be a little sports talk radio for a second. We knew the NBA All-Star game was horrible on Sunday. The ratings dictated it. Ratings down 29% from last year, 27% viewership down from last year. Crushed by the flag football pro ball, Kelly. Crushed. Uh, I'm sure it helped when you had uh, you had about two hours leading into it of drafting players and LeBron and Giannis forgetting who they drafted. And What's wrong with really that? Exciting. Isn't that good? Shouldn't you know who's on your team? Oh, God. <laughs> it's terrible. That's terrible. For sure. All right, let's let's bring him in. Our guy, a uh, VEASAN contributor and current leader of the Circa College Basketball Invitational right now. Big shot. It's our guy, Will Hill. Will, you got you got a few weeks to hold up here, man. But I, I will tell you, no, no offense to everyone else in the contest, I am rooting for you to win this thing. For all of us who are grew up or grew up or live in the I-95 corridor, you got to bring it home for all of us. Uh, I mean, we got. I think we got like a month left. So I mean, it's a very long time uh, to go. Narrow lead. As you know, you're a Mets fan, I had Mets tickets last oh, year yeah. uh, to win the division. So we know leads don't always hold up. So just sort of uh, taking it one week at a time, one game at a time. I got some some good competitors behind me, but I, I appreciate the kind words. Well, and Will also too. It's it's not like betting college basketball isn't random or anything, especially when it's only five games. <laughs> so uh, you gotta, it, it's a fun contest, but will currently in good the win league. for your, your guys last night, Missouri. That was a tough one. That was a, uh, they, I don't think they didn't cover, but that was a, a good win. That was a back and forth game. Getting important it to overtime. Yeah, it was important. Yeah. They did. Mizzou wins uh, on a Nick honor three and OT by two. 66, 64 game. Didn't even sniff the over despite getting extra time. Uh, but that I was, I was talking to our audio guy Sean McComb. Actually, that's for whatever reason, Mizzou always plays terribly against the Bulldogs of Mississippi State. But Mizzou got it done last night. Uh, not covering though, Bulldogs got the money on the spread. Will, let's uh, start in college hoops in a game that is in your neck of the woods, and it's a very good one in the Big East. Providence travels to UConn tonight. 
Huskies were seven and a half on the overnight. There is a seven and a half still behind me, but a lot that's one of the last ones left. It's mostly seven now. Total 142 and a half. Will, I, I, I don't know how good this Providence team truly is, but I know they're well coached and I know they're tough as nails. And I know UConn is incredibly talented, but they're extraordinarily boneheaded. I was a little bit surprised to see this number as deep as it is at seven and a half. Yeah, I don't have a lot left to say. I think you took a lot of my handicap. Uh, Providence, <laughs> we don't know how good they are, but man, they're just, they're well coached. They seem to have a, a feel, a way around these these close games. They seem to outperform their numbers. And UConn, just so up and down. I mean, they look like you know, world beaters that first month or so, really hit the skids in conference play. They've sort of found their equilibrium now, but again, I, I, to me, they're just too inconsistent to be laying seven, seven and a half to a solid, not great, but a solid Providence team to me. Uh, there's a, a good chance this game comes down to the wire here. I'll gladly take the points. I never know what to expect here from UConn. Hurley drives you crazy on the sidelines. He, I don't think he makes too many friends with these referees. He it's does sort not. of a distraction. I mean, it's, you know, UConn fans, when Hurley took the job, it was like, oh, he's another Calhoun. He's intense. Calhoun was always intense, but, it, I mean, there's a line you cross there where you just annoy the officials, and it almost becomes a distraction where you're screaming on every play. But uh, to me, this is a close game. I'll take the points here with the Friars. Yeah, I think UConn team, again, they, they mowed through the competition in Portland this year. Uh, they they honestly should have been number one in the country back in December, and now it's barely over 500 in conference play. But look, as the, as the committee showed, these Big East teams, even though five of them are legitimate NCAA tournament teams, they may not be respected in the seeding when the tournament bracket comes out a little bit less than a month from now. All right, well, let's uh, get to a uh, let's get to an ugly underdog you like tonight. And that uh, we're we're going to Baton Rouge. LSU who is coming off uh, a a quality home loss to South Carolina as as we know will. Uh, will host Vanderbilt tonight. Commodores up and down but have been playing better of late. Uh, doors laying two and a half in this one with a total of 140. Yeah, I might have texted you the wrong pick. I actually like Vandy here. Okay, I'm right. going to take that, Vandy that on the sense. money line. <laughs> yeah, it's still early for me. I'm going to take Vandy on the money line. I just think this LSU team, they're they're a dead team, a dead program. I, I, I hate taking these road teams, especially when you have to lay points in any of these conference games. But to me, I don't give LSU too much for a home court advantage. Uh, look, Vanderbilt, Stackhouse has done a nice job. That's a well-run offense. I think they're up to like 33rd in Ken Palm, adjusted offensive efficiency sneaking their way to maybe on the bubble. That was a nice win against Auburn the other night. Uh, if you're going to have any conversation about being on the bubble, you have to win at LSU. Uh, I tentatively take the the uh, the road team here. Like I said, I hate taking the road teams, but uh, Vandy to me is just a much better team. LSU is a dead squad here. I'll take Vandy, and I'll just take them on the money lines. Really good resiliency from Vanderbilt. They lost three in a row, including that just epic beatdown that they took at the hands of Alabama, losing by... 57 back on the last of January. They've racked off five in a row, including that good win that we'll mention against Auburn on Saturday and that win at the buzzer against Tennessee included. And they also won in the O-Dome in, the, in Gainesville as well. Nice win against Florida. Will, let's shift over to the NBA. You're high on the Oklahoma City Thunder, aren't you? Man, they've just been fun to watch all year. They've been good to me. Uh, I think NBA resumes tomorrow. My mm -hmm. God, do they, yeah. these guys get enough time off. I mean, I get a week off. The, the, the All-Star game, like you said, is a joke. I just, 
I wonder if we're getting to the point where they just scrapped the thing altogether. That was pretty embarrassing for the league just because, you know, I, I think not to get sidetracked here, but I think you can only treat your fans this way a certain, like for so long where you don't treat the regular season seriously. You don't bother to take the all-star game seriously. Like at what point are you going to take anything seriously? But uh, I do like OKC tomorrow. They play, they're in Utah, two and a half, three, uh, I just think Utah's going to pull the plug. I don't think they're. I, I think they're at the point here where they're going to try to get as many lottery balls as possible. It's probably a little too late uh, in terms of like getting to the bottom. It is too late to getting to the bottom. The odds are flattened where you can at least you know maneuver your way up in the top five or seven or so. But OKC, I think, is going to go the opposite way. I think they got plenty of draft picks. I, I think they're going to go for it at least until they're still in it. And uh, I like them tomorrow in Utah. I think this is just a solid team. They've got one of the top 10 or 12 best players in the league. They've got shooters. They've got athletes. That guy's a good coach. They run good offense. And you can get a man, plus 450 to make the playoffs to me is tempting because I think they have a real shot to get in that playing tournament. You know, when you look at some of the other teams in the mix, the Warriors, who knows about their health? They've been an enigma all year. You know, the Lakers, you can't count on. Uh, the Pelicans never seem to have their whole team on the fl- on the floor together, whether it's Zion or Ingram. One of them's always hurt, and I think you have to have major concerns right now about Zion ever being able to play consistently. And Minnesota, do you really trust them? They've got plenty of issues as well. So if Oklahoma City, look, it's not impossible. They get to like the eighth spot, and they just you know they get two chances to win one game and get in. I think this Oklahoma City team's been sort of underrated all year. So I like them tomorrow, and you can get them at plus 450 at DraftKings to make the playoffs. If you want to just take them to make the play and be a little more conservative, I think you get them plus 225, plus 250. So uh, choose your fighter there. But I like this OKC team. I like that bet you just mentioned. The play, yeah, the play to make the tournament, play in. yeah. Because yep. I, I don't, I think you're, I think you're gambling a little bit with how many of the injuries are going to play out, right? Yeah. It could, if you're going to bet them make the playoffs, you're gambling with how, you know, Steph injury, Zion injury. Like, there's so many of these that could come back. They could get hurt again, or that. I mean, yeah. whoa, yeah. hey, whoa. Let's I not, mean, let's I, not I don't want that. I don't want that. Okay, come on, Shea's man. Awesome. <laughs> but no, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with Will. This Thunder team's great. I've loved betting on them this whole season. I, I think that bet of getting into the play on play in tournaments real life. Will, let's uh, shift over to baseball. Let's start with the teams you don't think are going to get to their win totals. One of them is the Washington Nationals, who have a, a very low win total at that, but play in baseball's toughest division, and then. Like an AL East team as well under their win total. Yeah, I've given a few of these out already, but uh, Washington to me, I just like to target teams with ter- you know bad teams in good divisions, and to me that's still a great division with the Mets, the Braves, both winning 100 plus games last year, the Phillies, um, you know, two wins away from winning a World Series, which is still hard to believe, and they add Turner. The Marlins have lights out pitching. That leaves the Nationals with, look, Patrick Corbin's your number two starter. Uh, they just, it sounds like they got a decent return for Soto, but that's going to take a while to come to fruition. To me, Washington won 55 games last year. I don't see a six or seven game improvement. I'll go under, I think it's 61 and a half wins. Of course, shop around for the best number, but I'm going under on Washington. To me, they win, they lose 105, 110 games. And also, I like Boston under. To me, that's just counting on a lot of pitchers who just don't, Stay on the mound with Paxton and Sale and Corey Kluber. You know, they let Bogarts go for nothing. I, I know they added some veterans here with Turner and, and some guys on the margins. But uh, to me, they're in a, a really good division, too. The Yankees have great pitching. Blue Jays, we know how talented they are. The Rays are always good. And Baltimore is a team on the rise. So, to me, Boston's in for a long year. You get them, I think, under 78 and a half, 77 and a half, something like that. To me, Boston's an under as well. Will, uh, we got about a uh... 55 seconds left here, so we'll go to the two NL East bets you made. The One of these bets, uh, you're setting me up for another frustrating October, potentially, and then the other one, I would be very happy to see. 
I think the Mets are going over 94 and a half. To me, the, it was the first five months of the season is more indicative of who they were than the final month, which is still puzzling when you look at who they lost to and how bad they were. They, they have a lot of depth in their rotation. You got Alonzo and Lindor in the middle of the lineup. They'll spend money and they'll add. So to me, the Mets are an overplay at 94 and a half. And I took a shot at the Phillies. I think you get a plus 215, plus 220 to miss the playoffs. To me, Mets and Braves are in. Dodgers and Padres are probably in. You get an NL Central win. So it's one spot open. I think Philly's getting a little overrated based on that run last year. They weren't a locked playoff team until the final week. So that's a good number, I think, on Philly to miss. Philly, Milwaukee, and the Giants, I guess, probably three for yeah. one uh, right. at the end of the NL playoff picture. Our guy, Will Hill, on the tweets at not the Will Hill. Again, currently leading the Circa Invitational in college basketball. Will, pleasure as always. Thanks for being with us today. All right, good to see you, Jeff. Thanks for having me, man. Good to see you, too. We're going to College Hoops next. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. A numbers game on VSEN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com to check out the current betting splits data. Split bets. Oh, I thought you weren't going to do it for a second there. No, no, I'm on it. I was just, I was wondering why Kev yelled four like, like a golf ball was coming at us. <laughs> Audio guy literally yells, four! Totally missed that. Totally missed that. Wish I'd heard it. I might not have been able to get through the read, the read here. Want to know where the money and the bets are moving every game? The betting switch page is updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes so you can see the changes in all the action. So find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match. Public opinion. And not just only check out today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits. Another way VSIN is here to make you a smarter, better year round. So check them out today. VSIN.com. Four. <laughs> Four. I'm going to start turning off my mic back here and be like, heads up, Jeff. <laughs> See if we can get you to duck. <laughs> you know what? If I were playing golf, that would actually be a very easy way to get me uh, 
get me to duck, especially knowing how I play and how others I usually play with play. I, I think you see, we, we try to peel back a curtain, let people know how the, this whole operation works. I believe Kevin was trying to help count you in. Yes. But for some reason, he missed the number five and the numbers three, two, and one. <laughs> and all we got was four. So I was very confused. <laughs> that, <was> <laughs> that should be your lead in the long shots now. That's what you should do with Matt Brown and and Wes Reynolds. Now, Kelly Bidlin, of course, now one of the three hosts of Long Shots. Uh, Available now, correct, Kelly? It is available now, yep. There we go. Wherever you get your podcast, uh, Long Shots. This week, Honda Classic. Don't worry. We'll plenty of golf chatter over the next two segments. See you in the jaw. Joins us in about 15 minutes, and then Kelly will run through what he has on the card this week. A weaker field this week after back to a few weeks running of just Awesome fields in the well, BGA. Let's, pu- let's put it this way, Jeff. I bet uh, Shane Lowry last week at 125 to one. He's about 16 to one this week. Yeah, a little difference in the field going from Cali to Florida this week. All right, let's go to college hoops. Kelly Bidlin, I am simpatico with Will Hill. Oh, really? Yes. On Vanderbilt? On Providence. Oh, on Providence. Tonight. No, I Vanderbilt and uh, LSU did not pop on it. Uh, well, you know what? Vanderbilt popped on the numbers, but I am very concerned that it's the peak of the market for Vanderbilt. So that's why I didn't bother with that. I don't mind his money line play, but I'm, I'm not going to bother playing it. Uh, Providence at UConn tonight. Like I said to Will Hill, Kelly, Providence to me is the best coach team in, in the, in the big East. They are of the big five in that conference, which is Marquette, Creighton, Xavier, UConn, Providence, they're the least talented of the five. But Ed Cooley, two years running, where the numbers don't back up how good the team really is, even though they actually, Kelly, remember last year, everyone's like, oh, they're the biggest fraud of all time. They're the luckiest team ever. All they did was make the Sweet 16. (laughs) Their numbers are better this year than they were last year. But I actually think that team, even though they won all those close games, I actually think is a little bit better than what they are this year. But they are nails. They are so tough. They are so well coached. And UConn, Kelly, is the most infuriating team in the whole country to me. Because they are so talented. They are they have pretty good depth. Their numbers are awesome. They're top 20 in both offense and defense. They are the best non-con of anyone in the country, basically, other than Purdue. And then Big East Plate are nine and seven. Which again, the Big East is much better than anyone anticipated. It's a good league and might be better than it might be as good as the Big 12, one through five. But I don't trust them to cover a big number against a good team. I, I know they hammered Marquette two weeks ago, but I, I think Providence, even though Marquette is a better record and Marquette has beaten Providence this year, I think Providence is a tougher basketball team than Marquette. I'll take seven and a half. And if UConn decide, play, shows up, and doesn't play like the boneheaded Huskies they've been for the most of conference play, so be it. I'll tip my hat and move to the next bet. Okay. I like it. I like it. I'll lead you along a little bit here. Virgin- sure. In the ACC, Virginia at Boston College, night <laughs> 7 Eastern. Uh, Virginia laying 9. I believe I saw this open like 7.5, so this has already bloomed up a bit. Uh, Virginia 9 and 126, your total on the road tonight in BC. I was going through a few things, Kelly, in the ACC because – by the eye test, Virginia, Miami, Pitt, and NC State, those four teams are the only four teams I think are true 
of quality, good NCAA tournament teams. Duke will get in, and Duke is safely in, but I don't really love them. If you think you think Phil Paskey out of the game, you're you're not beating anyone who's really any good, even though they almost beat Virginia with Phil Paskey scoring no points. I have nothing on this game. I don't like laying lumber on the road with this Virginia team, even though they're offensively, offensively speaking for Virginia, and they have slowed down a little bit offensively since conference play has begun because they've gone backwards in Ken Palm since the, the ACC play has started. They're 49th in offense, and they're only 25th in defense, which is not that good for what Tony Bennett usually does yeah. when his teams are. And again, top 25 in the country defensively is very, very good. That's just not usually what Virginia gives you when they have a sparkly record like they have right now. Boston College, last time these teams met, I actually was very close to betting Boston College, getting, I think, 15, and thankfully I did not because Virginia won the game by 19 points. So, nothing. nothing I, I don't, I don't like right. this. I don't like this game. I'm Moving out. on then. Temple at Cincinnati. This one also at 7 Eastern, also a big spread. Since he laying eight at home, 139 and a half your total. Oh boy, I this 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 did not make my list, but this feels like an awful amount of points getting with Temple here. Temple has uh, obviously fallen off. They were eight and two in conference play, Kelly. They were leading in the bye week between the championship games and the Super Bowl on that Sunday. They were leading Houston at the half again after beating Houston in Houston, and since then have fallen apart. They lost a tight game in SMU, which was a bad loss. Memphis handled them pretty easily in Memphis by nine. And then Wichita went to Philadelphia last week and really took it to the Owls in that game last Thursday. And then they beat Tulsa at home. Who cares? Tulsa's Kelly Tulsa's 300th in Ken Palm, which is hilariously bad for a Oof. team in that league. So I, man, this feels like a lot of points, but I, I'm staying off of it. I really is not. I've not liked the way Temple has played the last few weeks. Cincinnati, look, Cincinnati other than the loss to East Carolina, they haven't lost any games they're not supposed to lose in conference. Road game at Temple's a coin flip, especially at that time. Lose to Houston twice, no big deal. Lose to Memphis, uh, that's not a big deal. And lose to Tulane in what was a coin flip overtime game. The Tulane had to make a comeback in the end of regulation, a force OT, and then the Green Wave dominated the overtime. So no play on this, but, man, that feels does feel kind of – Kind of wrong with that many points that Temple's getting, which probably means Cincinnati by 15. <laughs> All right, moving on back to the ACC here. Syracuse at Clemson. Uh, this is Clemson laying five and 145. Seems to be about your consensus. Okay, so no here. bets here, and I hope Syracuse wins the game outright so Clemson continues to fall off the bubble. Okay. I, I just – Clemson. Clemson's metrics have been brutal all year. They got off to that 10-1 and one start in conference. And they've done two things you can't do in the ACC. You can't lose to Boston College if you're a team with NCAA tournament aspirations. They did that. And you cannot, 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 cannot. I don't know how many cannots that was, but I don't think it was enough. <laughs> you can't do what they did on Saturday. You cannot lose to Louisville. You can't do it. Yeah, they're not good. You can't do it. Louisville's 4-24 and after their win on Saturday. And Clemson lost. You can't do it. And now, Clemson's remaining schedule. You have Syracuse today. You have two good, look, two good road games that if you win both of them, you're back on the right side of the bubble in Raleigh against NC State and in Charlottesville against Virginia. And then you finish against Notre Dame, who's been a monster disappointment this year. 
I I really hope Syracuse finds a way, but no bet here. I, I just want Clemson off the bubble. I want these mediocre Big uh, Big Ten and ACC teams not in the tournament, but I know that's not how the committee yeah. operates. It happens every year. Yeah. I, know. I, I feel you, though. I feel you. All right, moving on. Staying in the ACC, uh, this one, 9 o'clock Eastern, Wake Forest at NC State. Man, that's a late start. What, the 9 o'clock Eastern game? That's not that abnormal. Okay. Not that abnormal. Uh. I don't expect much. Uh, I don't expect much defense to be played in this game. Even though, again, the metrics for NC State aren't horrendous defensively. They're fifty third, which is pretty solid. This is a game that will be played at a ridiculous pace. Now, the funny part about this is the last time Kelly these teams met, it was a sixty nine possession game, which is not overly crazy, but it was 79-69 possessions. So, okay. very high-scoring game for a game that had less than 70 possessions. Yeah, it's pretty fast. So, if this game ends up in the 70 possession rate, that total's very high, 157. Don't be surprised if that monster total still goes over if this game is played in the mid-70 possessions. Were they just hitting shots? Do you remember what it was? I mean, it was just high field goal percentages uh, on the I have side? To, I have to double-check that game real well, quick. Perfect time for a break. Though. No, it's, a, it's really good. <laughs> uh, 40, no, not really. Uh, oh, actually, no. I lied. NC State, 48% from three. There you go. There you go. Maybe maybe not a bad spot on Wake plus the six, but I'm going to stay out of it from a side perspective. We are heading to golf next. Seeing the Jod's going to join us to break down this week on the PGA. A numbers game on v the sports betting network. If you're looking for a betting edge on the NHL, college hoops, the NBA, or golf, the VEASAN experts have you covered. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber with an introductory offer of $9.99. VEASAN Pro subscribers get access to all of our daily recap of top plays made by VEASAN show hosts and guests. Tools like our betting splits data, deep dive betting reports, VEASAN betting guides, and plenty more are available to you. If you become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today, you can't miss out on this offer because it's not going to last forever. $9.99 right now. $9.99. Kelly, you can barely get three Gatorades at 7-Eleven for that now. That's right. Which I found out yesterday. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. It's like the same price as a dozen eggs. I'm surprised it's not, not uh, less at this or point. Or less. I don't even I don't know. know. I don't know. Gas was back over $4 again out here, which was not a... Uh, which is not fun, but regardless, enough enough uh, whining from me on 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 uh, on that. Just take advantage of our, our of our uh, of our offer right now because nine dollars and ninety nine cents to become a part of the sports betting network is pretty amazing. Now joining us, uh, you see him on Sportsline, you see him on the First Cut podcast as well. It is seeing the job joining us right now. See, ya, it's a pleasure to see you this morning. Jeff, it's a pleasure to see you and hear you. Uh, I was telling Kelly how much I admire your voice, your radio voice, your TV voice, whatever it is. Absolutely love it. Love that I'm on the show with you and Kelly. Thanks for having me. Of course, and I will say, as as a lot of people on Twitter have, have said in the past who have never seen me before, they think I'm a 55-year-old man with a horrible smoking problem. No cigarettes. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, no, no <laughs> cigarettes ever in my life, and I'm only 29. So, uh, we'll do just for for uh, transparency on all that, uh, forever and out there. See ya. Uh, before we get to uh, before we get to the golf this week, uh, Kelly and I talked about this a little bit earlier because it's silly season in the NFL. We could see three Pro Bowl caliber quarterbacks on the move this off season. Well, I guess technically four if Geno decides to leave Seattle, but. 
think it's a foregone conclusion he's going to stay in the Pacific Northwest. But th- did you see this with the Jets, uh, the, the rumored uh, Diana Versina reporting this yesterday, telling Derek Carr in this very, very happy, upbeat meeting, hey, if you come to New York and win, you could be a first ballot Hall of Famer. What kind of nonsense is that, Sia? Yeah, it's it's interesting that they're they're courting Derek Carr in this way. But I mean, I guess the the, the Derek Carr part is is also interesting because it does improve the team. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Jets with a quarterback are certainly a contender to make the playoffs at the very least. The question becomes, you know, what does Derek Carr have? I mean, again, I think it's a net positive for them. The question is, it's almost like the same question you get when when Washington had Kirk Cousins and when Kirk Cousins went to Minnesota. It's like, what do you ultimately get out of quarterbacks like that? I do like Derek Carr as a quarterback. I just don't know that he gets the Jets to where they need to go. See, I just got to ask you this. Uh, who is the ideal week one starter for the Washington Commanders? Oh, man. That's that's a tough one because I don't think he's on the roster. I, I, I honestly, I mean, I mean, if it's between like Sam Howell and let's say Taylor Heineke, uh, I would still go with Taylor Heineke. I was the same guy that was completely up in arms w- when Taylor, and I don't know that Taylor's going to be with Washington, but my point is, is you know, when Carson Wentz ended up replacing him late in the season, which to me cost Washington a playoff spot, I, I was truly in shock at that decision. And so I, I don't, I don't think Sam Howell is is an NFL starting quarterback. I think he's good. I think he's serviceable in spots. But I'm just not sure that guy's on the roster right now. And I think Washington's going to do need to do something to either, you know, draft a quarterback and maybe groom him over one or two years and hopefully he pops or get somebody in free agency because I don't think Sam Howell is the answer. They, they, it's funny because everyone, of course, the Jets are in the biggest market in the country. The Raiders are, are here. So those are the two quarterbacking jobs that we've heard all about this offseason. And I think Washington, as you were just saying, it. It's the most fascinating one in the whole league because the way that roster is constructed and the weak of the weakness of the NFC, you get the right guy in there, whether it's it's Heineke, Hal, uh, someone not named Carson Wentz, anyone in there, they could be like the Giants and take a nice little step forward and get into the postseason. That, that that's even the, yeah, the most fascinating one out there. Even better than the Giants, because let's look yeah. at the skill position. I mean, like credit to the Giants and their coaching staff for doing what they did, but they did it without any receivers. I mean, fortunately, they had Saquon healthy, but they had like third and fourth string receivers in there. So credit to Daniel Jones and Dayball for that. But Washington, they've got a full set of skill position players, whether it's McLaurin or Curtis Samuel, whoever you want to call out, Antonio Gibson. They, they've got some guys that they can run out if they have the right quarterback. And to your point, they've got a pretty good defense too, a great defensive line. The offensive line needs some work, but you're right. The NFC is kind of weak. And so when we get towards the NFL season and we start to look at some of the odds, whether it's to, you know, win the NFC, I'm not saying Washington is in this conversation. My, my larger point is outside of like San Francisco and the Philadelphia Eagles, it's anybody's game. And we know any given team can have injuries and setbacks. And so those two teams at the top could certainly fall. I think in the betting market, there's going to be opportunity for those middling teams to actually grab a hold of the NFC. See, let's uh, flip over to uh, the Honda classic this week and again weaker field after a few weeks of just monster fields out west pga flipping over to the east coast swing in florida i how do you handicap a field like this when you go from what was the best of the best the last few weeks to and again no 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 slight of sun jm and shane lowry who are both awesome in their own right but mm-hmm. sun jm is the short shot at 10 to 1 and shane lowry who kelly had at a price north of 100 to 1 last week is 16 to 1 this week 
Yeah, this is an interesting one because I think these non-elevated events are going to create a ton of opportunity in the betting market. And, and I think it's it's a pre-flop opportunity. Credit to Gil Alexander for, for that term of phrase. But it's also in tournament, I think we're going to see a lot of opportunity. And the part of the reason is because even if Sung J.M. and Shane Lowry have good first or second rounds, well, those aren't the guys that we're super afraid to pass. Like last week, if we wanted a live bet opportunity on Saturday in the in the outright market, we we had to take a guy that we thought was going to be able to pass Max Homa, John Rahm, and whoever Patrick Cantley, whoever was at the top. We're not going to we're not going to have that here. So I think Thursday night, Friday afternoon, Saturday morning, I think we're going to see a lot of live bet opportunities. So I would caution people to be careful, particularly in the outright market, because I think you're going to see more value and perhaps more opportunity once this thing kicks off, so to speak. So I, I have some outright plays. I have some first round leader plays, which I like, because again, when you talk about handicapping this tournament, we're, we're talking about guys in the 50, 70, 90 to one range that can absolutely win this tournament and certainly could could contend for the first round lead because the top is so thin. Let's start with your outright plays this week, CN. You have no one. The, short, the shortest shot you have is 30 to 1 this week, and this is the perfect week, like you're saying, to take a shot down the board with a weaker field. Yeah, and it's a perfect week to take a guy who is perceived to not have much win equity, maybe a boring player that people just don't want to take, and that's Chris Kirk at 30 to 1. Yeah, this maybe. is a guy oh, – yeah, over the last two of the last three tournaments, he, he's he's got a third place finishes, and those are in much better fields than this one. So I think Chris Kirk is one of those guys that can plot along, grab a hot putter, and suddenly find himself the top of the board. So probably my favorite outright play. I think the three other ones I have are, are largely speculative, and I would caution people if you don't like them for whatever reason, maybe wait to live bet some of these guys. But I got Chris Kirk at thirty to one, like I said, Robbie Shelton at fifty to one. Now, Robbie Shelton, I do like his approach over the last 24 rounds has been really good. He's made three cuts in a row. Uh, and by the way, in those three cut, cuts, he's at a 20th and a sixth place finish. That was at the American Express. And he's got an 11th place finish here. So the vibes are probably good here. I think Robbie Shelton is an up and coming player. And I think the approach play is really going to pay off for him. Joseph Bramlett, another kind of speculative guy at 55 to one on an upward trajectory, weighted greens in regulation last 24 rounds. He's inside the top five in this field. I value that quite a bit. And the finish, finishing positions for him lately have actually been pretty good too. So I think he's a guy that could potentially pop at 55 to one. Last guy I'll mention is last year's winner, Sepp Strzok at 55 to one. Listen, when he plays well in tournaments, he really pops. When he doesn't play well, he really doesn't pop. So it's one of those hit or miss guys. I'm willing to take him at 55 to one because I've seen it here before from him. See, we have about 90 seconds left, so I'll leave it up to you because you always have a deep card in these PGA events. You have head-to-heads, you have top 20s, you have first-round leaders. What, what are you looking at this week in those derivatives? Yeah, I'll, I'll run through them really quick. I'll start with the top 20 market. Shane Lowry at plus 105. Listen, a plus number for Shane Lowry. You, you said it at the outset. He's an elite player in this field, and he's coming on. We saw the form kind of get back into form last week. He's good on courses with difficult scoring conditions. So plus 105, I like Robbie Shelton, plus 225. like the number there. And I'm willing to speculate in the top 20 market on Webb Simpson at plus 350. Listen, I don't know if his game is back, but at plus 350, I'm willing to find out in this field in particular. Um, I'll go to first-round leaders next. Uh, I hit this last week. I know Kelly hit this as well with Keith Mitchell. We had to share a <laughs> ticket job, because yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I came on this very show and recommended Max home. I know Kelly had Keith. So I'm going to give you six first round leaders. It's a little bit more than I normally have, but I just like the first round leader market in this particular tournament. Let's go. Jonathan Vegas, 50 to one, Robbie Shelton and Joseph Bramlett, both at 60 to one. Will Gordon, who I like in this tournament at 70 to one, Ryan Palmer plays well here, has spike round potential. 
And frankly, this time of year is Ryan Palmer's season. He's 70 to one. And finally, a dart Dylan Fratelli at 80 to one. Real quick, Will Gordon over Nick Hardy in the in the head-to-head -head market. Pendrith over Christian Bezedenhout. And Chris Kirk as a dog over Aaron Wise. All these in picks in a glance, right, Kelly? Yep, they will be. There we go. Again, you become a VEASAN Pro subscriber. You can get them all at the new picks at a, picks at a glance page on VEASAN.com. He's seeing the job. Again, you can see him on Sportsline. He's the co-host of the First Cut podcast as well on the tweets at his name, at seeing the job. See a pleasure as always, and uh, good luck on all your bets this weekend in the PGA Tour. Thanks, guys, and thanks for having me. Of course, absolutely. Seeing the job, everyone. Kelly Bidlin's got plays as well. On the Honda Classic, we'll hear from Kelly next on the Numbers Game. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game-changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. A numbers game on VSIN, the sports betting network. BetMGM, the king of sports books, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM rewards points that you can redeem out for online bonus credit like bonus bets and bet insurance tokens. If you're planning a trip to Vegas, BetMGM has you covered yet again because you can convert those BetMGM points into MGM rewards points that can be used towards dining, hotel rooms, and at and shows as well at over 20 properties for MGM Resorts located on the Strip in Las Vegas and nationwide. BetMGM, sports betting's premier loyalty program. So sign up today or bet on the app if you're already a member of BetMGM to take advantage of BetMGM Rewards. It's a new and existing customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. Again, remember, Kelly, Bellagio and South on the Las Vegas Strip. That's right. That's that's where your, your MGM properties start and they end in Mandalay Bay. There you go. You got a pro tip for us? That was my pro tip, wasn't it? Oh. <laughs> 
I do have a pro tip for you. Hey, uh, you got to be aware when we're heading into the final stretch of the NBA's regular season, and there are, again, there are two. There's one generational, and there's mm-hmm. one dude in Scoot Henderson who, if any other year, he'd be the, he'd be the generational yeah. guy. Two amazing draft prospects out there. So don't expect a ton of effort from the teams that are at the bottom of the standings. And, Kelly, I, I didn't, Spurs, Rockets, I didn't, I didn't ask. I didn't ask Drew this. But I had the thought, so I'll bring it up with you, because of course you and JVT are the two uh, most knowledgeable guys on the NBA at the network. Appreciate that. The, I don't know if it's true, but whatever. The 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 Pacers, the Magic, are the, and I guess you throw Chicago in there, but I don't think they'll go full mm-hmm. blown Danko. The Pacers and and the Magic are the two teams that are currently above that top four, where top three chop top fourth worst record has more odds than five and six. Yeah. This really does kind of feel like it's only a four-team race to the bottom now. Yeah, I agree. With Charlotte, Detroit, San Antonio, and Houston. Yeah, I think the one uh, uh, the one problem. I mean, I don't really know what the Magic were doing at the beginning of the season, but you got they had an exciting rookie coming in of their own, Ben Caro. Um, you know, have played decent basketball. Indiana, same kind of thing. The team I think played a little bit. They played better than they kind of thought they were going to. So it took them out of that tank position, Jeff. And I think if you're at this point with those teams. I don't. You're not going into tank mode because you do have too much young talent that you want to continue to develop. So yeah. I'm with you. Those are the, those are two two teams. I don't know that I'd be actively targeting to bet against. Yeah, I would not. Orlando and, and Orlando's kind of a night by night basis. Yeah, because the nights right. where they look good, you can't you can't do the blind. They look hey, like a real team. Yeah, they look like a real team when they're on, but when they're bad, they're real bad. Mm-hmm. The problem is. In a night where they're real bad, especially if they're playing a really good team and they're already a double-digit underdog to begin with, it's one of those where it may just be too far down the road in order to get in on an in-game bet yep. uh, for, Orla- for Orlando. Oh, man, I wish, I wish the Magic were a little bit closer to the playoff picture because that would be – put them as a 10 seed. Oh, I, I'll be – I've got a nervous end of the regular season with them. I need, yeah. I think, five more wins out of them to hit an in-season win total yeah, over. I think they'll get there. I, I, need, to get, I need to get that one home because it's a big bet. So you got to get to 29. Yeah, I got over 28 and a half. I think you're going to get there. I think I'll get there, too. Okay, Honda Classic. Let me run through oh, my stuff yes, real please, quick. Oh, yes, please, please. Uh, Kelly, Kelly's bets on Honda Classic. Yeah, th- this is a tournament I covered for a long time down there. This Humble is brag. about as tough as it gets on the PGA Tour. Um, this is uh, – they had, we, we're going from no water in L.A. last week, Jeff, to 15 holes of 18 will have water in play on this. This has the, mo- has the most water balls over the past three years on the PGA Tour. Very, very difficult tournament to bet. I'm just going to throw it out there. It's a difficult course for these guys to play. We talked about the weekend field already. Uh, I am not going to mess around with too many outrights. I, I this, is a, this is a tournament where I have probably a tenth of what I bet last week involved in my bets pre-tournament. There's a couple other things going on with the water balls. See a hit on this a bit too. You can have so much position rapidly changing. It's also not a tournament. I'm looking at making a lot of finishing position bets because you could have a guy who's sitting T15 who dunks one or two in the water and all of a sudden he's sitting at 55th place in the tournament. So I'm not playing a lot of those either this week. 
Uh, I do think he's on to something with spreading out the first-round leader bets. I haven't made mine yet, but I can guarantee you I will have more first-round leader bets in this tournament than actual outrights hmm. because I don't trust many of these scrubs to go full four full rounds and actually get home, whereas I do trust that they can have a random one good round and possibly hit a big ticket for me. So the guys I have bet so far on the outrights, Chris Kirk, I'm glad, I'm glad to see Sia bet these guys because I, I haven't seen many other people with me on them. Uh, Chris Kirk, he, do, he does have third, uh, two third-place finishes uh, this year already. Finished T7 in this event last year. Has some good course history. I don't need guys that play this tournament great every year, Jeff, but I need them to have played it at least a couple times so they know how this is going to look out there with the wind, with the water, uh, with the rain as we head to South Florida now. Uh, Joseph Bramlett, also 60-1, to a big model play for me, like Sia talked about, kind of spiked in a lot of different categories. Ben Griffin, number one in a lot of modeling that I did this week at 70-1. to So these are just kind of bomb plays I'm playing in the outright market. Charlie Hoffman, a guy I loved betting a couple years ago uh, in finishing position markets, was injured most of last year. Looks like he's starting to get healthier, play better these past couple tournaments. So taking a long bomb price on a guy that I think when he's healthy is a top 50 player uh, in this field for sure. Only top 20 bets I did make. Johnny Vegas, I do like him this week as well. Has has consistent finishes at this event as well. So plus 160 on a top 20 on him. Chris Kirk plus 175 there. And then Eric Cole, a local kid. Uh, Wes Matt and I talk a lot about him on long shots this week. But a local kid in the Delray Beach area. Uh, playing this event, took a long bomb plus 550 on him to make a top 20. And then Shane Lowry, I do really like him this week. Just not a lot of betting opportunities for him pre-tournament, I thought, except I did find a good, uh, a couple good matchups. I like this price is a little out of whack to me against Sung JM plus 160. There's not that big of a difference between these two guys. And then Shane Lowry was the dog in a matchup against Aaron Wise. I'm not that high on Aaron Wise this week. I thought that was a good bet. So played both of those in the tournament matchups. Jeff, what you firing on in college basketball tonight? Only one for right now, and this could change. Providence plus the seven and a half. Will Hill and I simpatico. Just think it's too many points. And if UConn blows them out, they blow them out. Providence is tougher. Providence is better coached. It is a road game in conference, which obviously is a very difficult ask for anyone in the Big East, even though Marquette just went to Creighton and beat Creighton in Omaha last night. By the way, Kelly, there was, in that game, the I don't know if you saw it at the end, Creighton was down two with less than two seconds to go. Oh, yeah, yeah, And Nebhart made, again, I thought he fouled him initially. Wait, are you talking last night? Yes. Okay, yeah. I thought he fouled, fouled him initially, but when the whistle was blown, there was no contact on the steal. Yeah, I saw that too. So, Cal Brenner was going to have a game-tying layup to force overtime. But it's one of those, it's like, what was the lead though? This was a, this was a game I had on a TV. It was Jeff, two. And I was working on golf, but wasn't Marquette up like ten or something with like a two couple minutes left? Like Creighton came on strong at the end of that game. Yeah, but it was it was Marquette was the right side the whole way, and uh, and look, I gotta give I gotta give Shaka Smart a lot of credit because Kelly, a lot of people went after Shaka Smart when he left Texas for yeah. Marquette. Where, all right, the guy can't handle coaching at a big school. He was only good in the mid-major, all that stuff. Marquette was picked eighth in the Big East this year. Marquette's going to win the regular season. Very impressive stuff mm-hmm. from Shaka. With a team that, again, I think they're good. 
I don't think they're a real threat to go deep in the tournament. I know they're 10 in the country and winning a major league in a regular season. Man, Craig was laying six in that game last yeah, night? Yeah, wow. I, I th- Kelly, I thought it was I, – I didn't bet it because I thought – the I, because I was a little bit worried about how well Shaka's teams always perform as an underdog. But I thought that number was, if anything, it was actually Creighton or nothing. And Marquette went to Omaha and beat him. Yeah. No, you were really right. They were on the right side the whole time. Oh, I, yeah. I, really I, good win. I was barely paying attention to it, but, man, they were ro- they were rolling Crane most of the game. Hey, Kelly, you know what we have tomorrow? You know what we have tomorrow? NBA coming back, thank God. I wasn't even talking about that. Oh. We have Thursday night football in the XFL tomorrow. Wow. Hey, have you been betting at all? I, have had, I did not bet it at all in the first weekend. The only bet I considered making was the Vipers, who covered but didn't win. And all I will tell you, again, a lot of my friends that I went to college with, the University of Missouri, a lot of them are in media, either in Kansas City, Columbia, or St. Louis Mm -hmm. still. It's funny to watch the guys who are in St. Louis and and a few of my best friends on planet Earth are in St. Louis covering the Battlehawks like legitimate NFL teams. Oh, I'm sure. It's it's, it's a lot of fun to watch from afar. I think there's a lot of people that if you have, like one of my best friends is is from St. Louis, lives in St. Louis now. He quit watching sports after, after the Rams left. Not just the NFL. He quit watching sports. Wow, that's how so far he went. That's a lot of commitment. I, I'd be, I'd be done after one day. I'd say it for one day, and it'd be like, now we're, we're good. I, I was lying. And that's all the time we have on the numbers game for Kelly Bidlin. I'm Jeff Parles. The Lombardi Line is next. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.